Ahoy, hoy! Welcome back to another episode of Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute host examine the 1985 John Landis comedy Into the Night. One minute of screen time per episode. And I am Tyson Ferris, and with me, as always, is... Jeremy Sternhagen. And we are co-hosts of The Real Jaws Minute. Yay! So, um, we, uh like to say thanks to the Indiana Jones Minute guys uh, for uh, for doing the week before us. Uh, can't hear, wait to hear what they think of their stuff. So um, this minute, uh, minute uh, sixty six of Into the Night, starts with a blue taxi exiting a place that you should not enter, and it ends outside a restaurant that's never closed. Hmm. So, Into the Night. Yeah. Have you seen this movie before? I had never seen this movie before. Neither have I. Have you heard of this movie before? I had never heard of this movie. (laughs) Neither have I. (laughs) Have you heard of uh, most of the actors and directors who make cameos in it before? Yeah, it's kind of nuts. Uh, I'm just like, wait, what? (laughs) Like, about every five minutes, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) So, it's like. Most of them, I kind of felt like, yeah, that makes sense. That's John Landis's buddy. But there was one cameo that I remember totally caught me off guard. I didn't look up who the cameos were before we watched the movie. So I wanted to be surprised and see if I could guess them. Well, and then there was, uh, so I had, I had no idea there were actual cameos in the film. I just thought I was watching a, mm. a, 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 a Goldblum Pfeiffer <laughs> vehicle. Um, and, um, I was excited because they're pretty young in their careers here. Yeah. Um, Goldblum's a little further along than she is, but she was basically Scarface's girlfriend before this. Yeah. And, and this might that be. That was about it. Yeah. And this might be Jeff Goldblum's first starring role. I Could think he be. was in The Big Chill before this. So. Yeah. That was the only. I mean, he's been in a lot of things before this, but. Yeah. That was kind of his breakout, I think. Yeah. So um, I think they're both exceptional in the movie. So. Um, yeah. I, I really like their performances. Yeah, and I have more to say on their performances, but I want to save those for later. In the yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it uh, as the week goes along. So, um, Oh, the cameo that caught me off guard. Yes. Now or later? It's uh, not even in this minute, so. <laughs> Is it in any of our minutes? No. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about the movie as a whole. It oh, was, gotcha. Uh, um, Jim Henson. That one, like. Yeah, that one I was like, yeah, that one just threw me for a loop. It was to the point of distraction. Um, yeah. So, uh, that's actually would be a good title for this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cameos to the point of distraction, <laughs> but let's get to this minute. All right. So, um, there's some pretty good moves here by the cabbie. Um, it makes me think that he's obviously done this before. Could it be that he was a stunt driver on a previous John Landis movie? Oh, really? I have no idea. But oh. I'm just bang- banking on it. Sure. That's, that was kind of John Landis's, uh, yeah, he kind of was the car crash guy for a while, right? The most car crashes in any movie, I think, for Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's even a couple car crashes in Animal House, right? Um, yes. Yeah. I, it's been so... I. If nothing else, this movie made me want to watch every other John Landis movie, just to rank it sure. amongst other... like. 
other land even even blues brothers 2000 um i'll I'll get to that we're gonna i think we have a lot of stuff to talk about in future minutes um yeah so uh my next note here uh do they come out of the tunnel from toontown (laughs) well it would be totally fitting if the soundtrack to this movie was actually like looney tunes sound effect (laughs) just that like that orchestra build where it goes yeah sorry folks that was a horrible you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah so, um, I was actually surprised that the taxi driver wasn't played by someone of note. Like that would have been a good, like, why wasn't Steven yeah, Spielberg driving that? Yeah. Cab? Especially since he's got that great line that they're so shocked by, which I'm like, <laughs> why are they shocked? Like, yeah, they, they speak just as a uh, foully in this movie. Yeah. So. Goldblum does. Um, but it did lead me to look up the actor who played. Oh, I meant, I meant, why are they shocked that this guy doesn't want him in their cab, in his cab? Because they're getting shot at? Yeah. I mean, I think it's rather acceptable <laughs> that they shouldn't be in his cab anymore. You're like, so. Yeah. The actor that plays the cab driver, I had to look him up and I, I wanted to say I recognized him, but I wasn't sure. Um, but the, he has a few other notable screen credits, but the one that stood out to me was Father Carlos Las Vegas de Cordoba from The Jerk. Oh. The scene in The Jerk where uh, Steve Martin is now newly wealthy and he's trying to find, uh, there's all sorts of people coming to him asking for his money. Sure. And uh, Father Carlos Las Vegas de Cordoba brings to him the video of cat juggling. Yeah. So. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, so ships never closed. Oh yeah. That's, is that, do you have more, do you have more to say about the car chase? Uh, more just everything that's going on in the scene. This is the only minute I think in our week where we get some of BB King's soundtrack. We do. Uh, and we do get more or this is it. Uh, no, I think, yeah, I think it's just this minute. Yeah. I think it's just this minute. Yeah. If it's in the future minutes of this week, I missed it because it was subdued. Anyway, I found the music in this movie. I love B.B. King, but the this movie is so incredibly 80s. It's 80s to a fault. It's, and even the soundtrack. Yeah. I, would, I, would, I, I told uh, my wife uh, that uh, she's like, what do you think? I go, it is 80s AF. Yeah. <laughs> Extreme. <laughs> And nothing drives home that you're watching an 80s movie like heavy sax. Yeah. And this movie's got heavy sax. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is sax on the beach. Yeah. I mean. Um, all respect to B.B. <laughs> King. Um, if I could go back and make changes to this movie soundtrack. Yeah. Total start from scratch. I realize there may be some fans of this movie who love it and that's part of its charm. And I get it. And. Sure. That's totally valid. But. uh Looking at it in 2019 eyes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even I mean, even just taking it at face value as an 80s movie, uh, I still think it kind of doesn't work. It kind of felt like a like a bad like to- drama, like a TV drama. Yeah, like it's I don't know, like it's tonally not right. Yes, complete. Oh well, there's another alternate title for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm all about jarring tonal shifts in movies, but this one, I don't know. It 
It's it's Monday, folks. We got sure. a whole week of this. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, there's this movie. I, I don't want to sound all bad. I got good things to say. Oh yeah, we're here to celebrate uh, all the good parts of this as well. Yeah, um, I just needed to get the music comments out of the way. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, ships uh, never closed. Um, this reminded me. Um, I just a few months ago, I was in. I was in the Hollywood area uh, visiting a friend and taking in the universal and six flags and all that fun stuff. And, um, uh, she lives in Van Nuys and, uh, this, the ships never closed. At first I thought uh, there's a, there's a place really close to her called norms, which is mm-hmm. a chain, mm-hmm. a little diner chain. And, um, it really reminded me of norms and I tried to look up if it was the same and it wasn't the same cause the building actually got like demolished and, the early, ship's building. The ship's building yeah, in like the up. early 90s, I think. Yep. But anyway, the reason I bring it up, uh, Norm's, uh, their tagline uh, or slogan is we never close. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of wondering if it was just like ships just turned into Norm's, you know, because it's uh, aesthetically they seem the same. Um, and that's made me stumble on um, – it's because they both have the same type of architecture that kind of, and it's called, uh, it's called, uh, it's called Googie, Googie. architecture. Yep. I saw that too. And, uh, I love Googie architecture. That's yeah. one thing I love about this movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Googie architecture and it's kind of a uh, space age, you know, high angles, starburst, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, a good example of a uh, Googie archi- uh, or Googie styling, is uh, the famous uh, Welcome to Las Vegas sign. Oh, yes. Is yep. very Googie-esque. Not even Googie-esque. It is that, that Googie styling. Yeah. So, I like that. And styling. Googie comes from another coffee shop that was in L.A. Okay. Um, called Googie's. Oh. So, um, <laughs> anyhow, so... My yeah, that kind of, that kind of uh, stuff has gone out of style, but... Um, well, I'm a big fan. It yeah, can come back. Yeah. I'd say it's pretty prominent here in Portland. It's got some places you can find. Yeah, we definitely, I mean, they still exist, but uh, they definitely don't make them like that anymore. Yeah. So. The little bit of a internet rabbit hole I did on Shipsteiner is, yeah, it got demolished in August 95. Um, It's where it was is now a Starbucks. Cool. Of course. So it's still a coffee shop. Yep. And it's La Cienega and Olympic. It's where it's located. So I have a question for you. Hit me. Uh, and I'm going back to the car chase. We're kind of hopping all around here. So I apologize, folks. Um, are these Iranians, are these supposed to be funny? And I just don't <laughs> find them funny? So that brings up a deeper conversation. Um, yes, I think they're supposed to be in a, in a black comedy kind of way. But okay. the way Landis... I'm sure it's covered by everyone before us that that's one of them is John Landis sure. telling you anything new. I got to remember that our listeners are going to be like, yes, this has been covered before. Yeah. yeah. Um, Everybody knows that that's John Landis is one of the Iranians. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it, they're, am playing, I right? They're Iranian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Savaks okay. is how they're credited. Cool. But yes, they are. The subtitles often say speaking a foreign language. So I, I didn't look into it, but <laughs> just imagine they're making up gobbledygook. It sounded like words. Kind um, of, sort of. Yeah. Maybe the three other guys besides Landis are. Well, Landis plays a mute, correct? Uh, he never speaks. Yeah. I know he's miming his whole performance, I think. 
Yeah. So I, I just kind of took it that he was, he could not speak. Sure. Um, yeah, but they're trying to be funny. And you probably saw are. it in uh, uh, Young Frankenstein. Figured it worked for. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I didn't find. I'm. Every time they were on screen, I would say I was like kind of smiling and waiting for something. But then whenever their scenes would end, I would be like, "Oh, that didn't deliver." Yeah. Like nothing. <laughs> there was a few funny. I. I mean, the running joke that one of them is always sh- shooting. The gunfire is just insane. Like, how many animals does he kill? I think he even think kills like statues and stuff. Yeah. And, like, Maybe we're jumping into future minutes. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't find them. Well, we kind of get a funny. gag. We kind of get a gag at the end of this minute where one of the guys literally tries to hand another guy his gun <laughs> while it's pointed at him. Like, take my gun and shoot me, please, is basically what he's doing and i was uh, like I, I get the gag but once again it's like i, I don't understand <laughs> what he's trying to convey like like go ahead and shoot me with my gun because we lost the car we were chasing like i it just doesn't track for me the look on your face right now as i imagine what the look on your face was watching most of this movie <laughs> just utter uh bewilderment, bewilderment. <laughs> Like the gears turning, but just yeah, in gridlock lo- defiance, like of yeah, figuring I mean, anything out. It fits with if you know if Jeff Goldblum's character is supposed to be you know having trouble sleeping and has no idea what to do with his life and is just utterly mentally gridlocked. Like that same feeling is conveyed to the audience. Like, yeah, in like if we're supposed to feel the way he feels, it's working for sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, yeah, speaking of the Goldblum role, uh, Ed, he's very, uh, passive as a character. He, mm-hmm. he, he's, he is not a man of action. He just is reactive constantly. Yeah. Kind of a problem when you're a when star you're of a the movie. star of a movie. And, and, <laughs> and I think this is why it's such a good performance is he's literally given nothing to do. And yet we still relate to him and like him. And find him charming, and and I that's I think that's really hard to yeah. do. Um, given actually, given that he has literally n- almost zero heroics, um, and as we get later into the week, I've actually got notes like to talk about their performances in the later weeks. So I'm kind of I don't want to like just blow my mental. Yeah, and we we can't get too much into I think minutes that come later, but uh, we can I think we can kind of yeah I have a lot to say on his performance. Yeah, we can kind like of saving. muse uh, about yeah. stuff without getting into specifics. I I'll think. just plant this seed for our listeners to think about it. Um, Jeff Goldblum performances. I certainly can't can't claim to have seen them all, but at the bare at the bare minimum, does he ever give a performance that is not interesting? Like, yeah, he Jeff Goldblum is a cinematic treasure yes. in my opinion. Yes. He is a treasure in and my opinion as well. He is in some of my, as, as is Michelle Pfeiffer. Absolutely. Um, I just yes. uh, saw her in Ant-Man and the Wasp and uh, she still got it. Yeah. And still smoking hot by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is, she is 
Oh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get. I'll I'll muse about uh, yeah. Michelle probably every minute of any, how of any, how pretty she is in this film. Any uh, buddy of our age who was, um, I would have been like thirteen when Batman Return came out. Oh boy! So that pretty much sums it up right there, right? Woof. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My eyes just uh, bugged out like the Tex Avery uh, coyote and uh, the wolf and, and fell on the table in case you guys <laughs> heard that thump. So um, we run a classy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you got anything else for minute 66, Jer? That's all I have for minute 66. All right. Well, um, everybody, um, please uh, check out. Um, our podcast, The Real Jaws Minute. Uh, we're we're revving up to do uh, season two, um, which is looking like it's not. It might involve Jaws two, but it might also involve other things. So, cat <gasps> out of the bag. Yeah, that's a little teaser for you. So, um, oh, and also um, check out uh, social media for this podcast. Uh, at the King Lives Listener's Limo on Facebook. I love that title. That is a great listener's title. Um, and uh, on Twitter at The Night Minute. And um, join us here tomorrow for more Into the Night Minute. Bye. Bye. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category. 